Good morning, church family. Welcome. Thankful that you're here today, especially if you're a guest. I hope you've been made to feel welcome. We're thankful for your presence. So we've been coming, going through a series that I've called How to Be Us. How to be the church. Not necessarily just how to do church, but how to be the church. And we talked about loving one another with action. Talks about encouraging one another can make all the difference in the world. Accepting one another and being devoted to one another. And today we tackle a very difficult subject matter from Galatians chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn to Galatians chapter 6. We're going to talk about carrying each other's burdens. Carrying each other's burdens. And when we talk about carrying each other's burdens... We're absolutely talking about helping a sister out in a health crisis. We're absolutely talking about helping a brother out in a financial crisis. Or helping somebody out in a family or marriage crisis. But in our scripture, the context is helping a brother or sister out in a spiritual crisis. How do we handle that? How, we, how do we do that? In a way... We're all going through a spiritual crisis because we all sin. We're all sinners. But our scripture is about the one who is caught in a sin. Somebody who is trapped in a sin and they can't get out on their own. They need help. They are caught. Think about those old movies where somebody is going through the jungle or the forest or the desert and they fall into some quicksand. And they can't get out on their own. The more that they struggle, the further down, deeper they go into the quicksand. They cannot get out on their own. They need help. This is the person we're talking about in Galatians chapter 6. How do we handle that? So here's our scripture. Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 through 5. Brothers, if somebody is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. But watch yourself, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Each one should test his own action, and he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to someone else. For each one should carry his own load. Now, I'm just going to cover this real briefly um, at the very beginning. It kind of seems like we have a contradiction. It says, carry each other's burdens. But then verse 5, it says, each one should carry his own load. And both are really true statements. There is a level to where we are responsible for our own behavior, our own actions, uh, the sins that we commit. But if we didn't get help from anybody else, where would we be? And so, we're in a position where we must carry each other's burdens. So, both are really true. So, how do we handle this when a brother or sister is caught in sin? Well, step one would be to size up the situation. Who's involved? What's going on here? Size up the situation. And to help us do that, Paul covered this right before our Galatians chapter 6 scripture in Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 24. And this is what that scripture says. 
Paul says the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. A lot of that, that sounds like things going on today. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. There's a lot at stake here. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ have crucified the sinful nature with his passion and desire. So we have two parties here as we size up the situation. We have the one caught in sin, and then we have who Paul calls the spiritual. And the spiritual are those who are intentionally trying to follow Christ, intentionally trying to live by the Spirit. Now, for you Christians in here, you know, maybe 100% of us are trying really hard to follow Christ and to live by the Spirit. Those are the ones who are the spiritual. And certainly the more mature, you know, there are different maturity levels of Christian. Those who are more mature should help those who are caught in a sin. So that's who we're talking about here. But just because we are spiritual does not mean that we're not vulnerable. We are all very vulnerable and Satan is very crafty. So, getting caught in a sin, unfortunately, is a real thing. It's a real danger to get caught in a sin. So, when someone falls into the trap of sin, and notice I said when, not if, not if somebody falls into the trap of sin, but when, how do we handle that? How do we size up the situation? For the one um, who is trapped in sin, Check your attitude. Size up the situation. What should you do if and when you are caught in a sin? Because it's really easy to say, you know what, I don't need anybody's help. Who are you to tell me how to live my life? Okay? And therein lies why this is such a difficult scripture. Because in our culture, you can't tell anybody how to live your life. Right? That's the big no-no. How dare you, you, tell me what to do with my life? You can't do that. How dare you? Who do you think you are? But you know, sometimes I think we kind of deserve that attitude. Um, you know, I've never understood how Christians are so shocked when pagans act like pagans. Right? And so we totally tear down some of our culture, because they don't have as high of a standard as us. They don't live by the same morals as us. We who follow Christ, though, have no business judging those who aren't even trying to follow Christ. Right? So, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 12 says, What business is it of mine to judge those outside the church? Are you not to judge those inside. So, if you are part of a church, this church, 
and you get caught in a sin, you should be open to instruction. Remember this, because this could be you getting caught in a sin. So you want to remember to be open, to listen for instruction. Listen to advice from your brothers and sisters. Do what Proverbs 27.5 says, which says, Better an open rebuke than hidden love. Better an open rebuke than hidden love. Now, if you're, say you're the spiritual person here, trying to help the one who's caught in sin, how can you size up the situation? How can you check your attitude? Because it can be a, it can be tempting for you to say, man, look at how much better I am than this person. Look at my behavior versus this person's behavior. I can't believe this person would act like this. It's easy for the spiritual to have this attitude. But I say, oh, nay, nay. Rather, the spiritual, devoted Christian says, hey, man, you know what? But for the grace of God, I can be right there where you are. This could very easily be me trapped in a sin, needing somebody to rescue me. And we should say, I love you too much. I love you too much to let you go on in this way. And people, they can kind of unintentionally stumble into sin, or they can fall into sin as a direct consequence of their poor decision making. That's more likely. But that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how they got into the situation. Either the either way, the goal is not to condemn or put it to them, but it's to restore him or her gently, as Paul says. That's what mattered is the restoration. Have you ever witnessed a good veterinarian care for her animal patients. The good vet does so with grace, compassion, and deep concern for the welfare of that animal, no matter how the animal got itself in this predicament. Okay? So I got a video I want you to watch. Uh, let's roll this video. And, and keep, keep in mind our scripture this morning. And someone declared open season on Amy's pet duck, Smokey. And he got in a fight? A dog attacked him. Oh. I was in the house and I heard my mom screaming. I thought for sure he was a goner, especially when I saw the dog on top of the duck. I thought to call my family vet and they didn't treat birds. They know that I will take and help any animal. Hey, duck. Amy thinks Smokey's wing is broken. She taped it up the best she could. They already had it wrapped up like you're supposed to, but they still wanted me to look at it. Okay, how bad is... It's really bad. It is? Yeah. Duck bones are hollow and easily broken. Usually when it gets attacked by a dog, there's not much left of it. Okay, let me see. Yeah, that broke. Oh, I know. If the bone becomes infected or doesn't heal properly, Doc may have to amputate Smokey's wing. As long as you can keep any infection and the flies and the maggots out of it, they heal up really good sometimes. Just like this, you did very well. 
And I'll get you antibiotics. Okay. And you can just shoot in his mouth. So we rewrapped it and told her to keep it separate from the others and let it heal up. Three weeks. Three weeks. And most likely it'll be healed up enough that he may not want to fly, but at least he can probably use it. The antibiotic will counteract the infection that's there. And good to go. I would say so. He's a nice duck. He is. He's a nice duck. Smokey's family will need to make sure his wing is kept clean, so he has a chance to mend. It all depends how the wing heals up. It may heal up a little crooked, but uh, he can swim. He doesn't have to fly. All right. So, how many of you watched The Incredible Dr. Pole? Anybody here? Okay. Yeah, we got some some watchers of Dr. Pole. If, if you're like uh, my wife, you have a crush on Dr. Pole, so you can talk to her afterwards and and talk about your love for Dr. Pole. Um, the idea of restoring gently the one caught in sin is a lot like what Dr. Pole did for this duck. I mean, in a way, we're all kind of like that duck, right? Uh, we're vulnerable. We got hollow bone, easily broken. We're sitting ducks. We're vulnerable to an attack by Satan. <laughs> I realized that, that that should have been funny, you know. I, I don't know. As I was preparing this, I thought it's probably not going to be funny, but... It, that should be funny. You know, we're sitting ducks. But we are very vulnerable. Um, in fact, the Bible says that Satan prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. But we're very vulnerable. And Peter, the Apostle Peter says to be alert. Be on your guard. Be of sober mind. Did you notice how Dr. Pohl showed so much compassion and know-how and grace, and really just kindness to this duck. And he knew exactly what to do. He recommended antibiotics and said that the duck should sort of be taken out of its environment for a while. Give it a break. You know, don't let it hang out with those friends it was hanging out before that got him into this trouble. Okay, Take him, change his routine, let him heal up, and things will get better. Three weeks, he said. I think we can learn a lot about how to mend broken sinners. By the way, Doc, the incredible Dr. Pohl helped to mend this broken duck. So step one, size up the situation. Um, check your attitude at the door. Okay. Step two is to hold up the sinner. And here are some practical ways we can hold up the broken sinner. We can meet regularly with this person. Meet regularly with them. I remember my first job out of college. I worked at a bank kind of in the middle of nowhere in this tiny town. And the minister of the church I attended, he used to meet with me once a week for lunch at this Mexican restaurant. And I don't know, it, it might have been because he liked Mexican food. I don't know. But I think what happened was he saw this young man Straight out of college, kind of, you know, in the real world for the first time. And maybe he saw some vulnerability there. I don't know. I wasn't caught in a sin at the time. But maybe what he saw was a little bit of vulnerability. So he met with me 
once a week. He met with me regularly. And I owe him a huge debt for doing that, for checking on me, making sure I was okay, for holding me up. So if you are the spiritual here in in Paul's words, identify somebody who you think might be vulnerable. Maybe it's a new Christian, an infant in the faith. Maybe it's a young adult like I was at the time. You know, we do have quite a few young adults here at this church. And when you're a young adult, you know, it's it's easy, easy to get kind of scattered a little bit. Okay? To reach out with a young adult, to reach out to whoever you think might be vulnerable, establish a relationship with them, hold them up. Okay, when I was in college at the church I went to, uh, the church had a program where a family could adopt a college student. And that family would, would give the college student a call every once in a while. The college student would get to eat a homemade meal sometimes at their house. Uh, they did a lot of things for the college students because they were vulnerable. We should do similar things here. We are very capable of doing it. So that's something you can do regularly with the person. Pray together with the person. This person's relationship with God is at stake. And you need to take them to God. Make sure that they have time with God. Time with God is like an antibiotic. It's medicinal. So you need to make sure you take that person to God's throne and you pray together and maintain that bond. Memorize scripture together. Memorize scripture together. You know, this book is like a pharmacy. Okay, there are different scriptures intended for different situations. Different medicines for different ailments, if ailments, if you will. A couple of weeks ago, Dalton Dishman preached about his uh, little Bible for graduates. And, he, you know, he, he showed how... These are the verses you go to when you're feeling lonely. These are some verses for if you have a big decision to make. These are some verses if you're being tempted by sin. Select some pertinent verses for what this person is going through and share them with the person. And you memorize the scripture with them. Show them how much you care that you actually memorize the scripture too. And you say, you know what? I should probably memorize these scriptures too because I could easily be, be where you are. And I'm vulnerable as well. So I'm going to memorize these scriptures and you, you can hold that person accountable better when you're doing the work along with them. Be accessible. Okay, doctors, when they care for the sick and the broken, they sometimes have to do house calls. And when you're caring for the spiritually broke and sick, you got to do house calls sometimes. And finally, the tool to use in this situation is a Kleenex and not a sledgehammer. You come to the situation with compassion and care. Compassion beats condemnation every time. Affection beats accusation every time. Now, all this being said... Don't get me wrong, there comes a point, and the Bible supports this, there comes a point where you've done everything you can. You've met with the person regularly. 
You've prayed with them. You've memorized scripture together. You've been accessible. And you've been compassionate. And after time, the person showed no change of heart. And they're still rebellious. There comes a point in time where you have to let them go. And the hope is that they will learn their lesson the hard way and change their hearts through those hard lessons like the prodigal son did. Okay? Many of you have seen the movie uh, The Lord of the Rings, right? Uh, they're like four eight-hour movies. And uh, I think they even show them in the theaters all at once sometimes. So you can go and pack a lunch and a dinner and watch all the movies at one time. Well, The, the Lord of the Rings is about this, this young hobbit Frodo who has the burden of carrying around this gold ring that sort of encompasses all of the evil of man in this ring. And it's very powerful. So Frodo has the burden of carrying this ring and he's got to destroy it in the fires of this volcano and it's a long journey to get there. And by the time he's almost there, he is so overcome by the power of this evil ring that he is stuck. He cannot go on any further. He can't even remember where the journey began. He is so trapped. Well, good thing for Frodo that he had the fellowship of the ring. A group of people surrounding him to carry his burden, to encourage him, to lift him up, and to protect him. Especially his young hobbit friend, Samwise Gamgee. And do you remember, if you see the movies, you'll remember what Samwise Gamgee did when Frodo was stuck. And he couldn't go on any further. He said, Mr. Frodo, I cannot carry the ring, but I can carry you. And he bends down, he picks up Frodo, and he carries them up the volcano. That is what we should do for the one trapped in sin. We carry each other's burden. We bend down to their level, we pick them up, and we hold them up. Because there is a lot at stake here. The person's relationship with God, the person's relationship with you, is at stake. Very important. But you know, you have to take the time to put yourself in that position. To where you can carry your brother or sister's burden. You have to cultivate that relationship. You have to invest your time and your hearts into one another's lives. So you can be there when that person falls. And so you can go there with that person and hold them accountable. That's a difficult thing to do today. It's an awkward situation. You know, in that, that video with Dr. Polk, that duck was kind of squirming around. You know, he didn't, he was in a foreign place. He didn't like people prodding and poking at that broken wing. Okay, it's kind of a difficult situation. But you've got to cultivate the relationship so you can go there and hold the person accountable. Well, guess what? A very good way for this to happen is when small groups of people are intimately involved in one another's lives. Very difficult to do that when you're here 
only on Sunday mornings. I mean, it's possible, but we can't get to know everybody here this deeply to where we can love like we're supposed to, encourage and be devoted and hold each other up, carry each other's burdens. We just can't do that in this setting. we got to be meeting together more than once a week. we got to be in each other's homes. we got to be able to talk about temptations and sin and confess and encourage one another. Paul says, in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. In this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. There's no better example out there of somebody carrying another's burden than Jesus Christ. Even better than the incredible Dr. Paul. Even better than Samwise Gamgee is Jesus Christ. He carried our burdens on his shoulders on the way to the cross and he died for our burden, for our sin. And God raised him up and he rescued us from our eternal punishment that we deserve. The work of Christ was and is about bringing together restoration and making whole. And the work of Jesus is also the work of the church. The work of the church is about bringing each other together, restoration, making whole. And that's what carrying each other's burden is all about. It's, it's about helping out, uh, when, you know, when somebody falls into a health crisis or financial crisis. But it's especially about carrying our sin burdens. Because that's where our, our real problem lies. That's why Jesus came to earth. He didn't come to earth to rescue us from the Roman or from North Korea or whatever. He came to rescue us from our deepest problems, our sin. That's our real enemy. So when we carry each other's burdens, each other's sins, we act like Christ. We fulfill the law of Christ. And that's our goal here, is to act like Christ. So let me talk to you if you're the one that's caught in a sin. Are you caught in a sin today? Let me talk to you for a moment. It's very difficult in today's culture to let your guard down and ask for help. Let me tell you right now, you cannot get out alone. You can't do it. The more you struggle, the more you go down into the quicksand. You can't do it on your own. You need help. It's difficult to ask for help to let your guard down in this culture, but if there is a place where it should just be routine, where it should be normal, to let your guard down, say, hey, I'm struggling with this. I need help. I've tried. I can't get out of this myself. It's the church. The church should be a place where we feel halfway comfortable, at least, with letting our guard down and asking for help. So remember, you get caught in a sin, it's okay. It's okay to let your guard down. And your attitude shouldn't be, I don't need anybody's help. I can do this on my own. I don't want anybody telling me what to do. Okay? If you're the spiritual, 
here today. Let me talk to you a little bit as well. You must promise the one caught in sin that you will come to that person with a Kleenex and not a sledgehammer. You must promise compassion instead of condemnation. Affection instead of accusation. Okay? And you need to promise them that you love them too much to let them go on in this way. I'll leave you with Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 10, which says, If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. The great thing about being a devoted member of a church family is that if you fall, you're not alone. Somebody is going to be there to catch you. So if you are not investing your time and your heart into your relationships and your church family, you're kind of walking a tightrope with no net underneath you. Okay, it's kind of a death wish. Very, very few people in the world can walk a tightrope with no net underneath them. It's a death wish. What will happen when you fall? Have you thought about that? What will happen? Because we are vulnerable and Satan is looking around. Looking for someone to devour. May we be a church that fulfills the law of Christ and carries each other's burdens. If you're caught in a sin this morning, the front row is yours. This row right here is yours. Feel free to let your guard down. We're here to help. Whatever your needs, if you want to learn more about becoming a Christian, uh, we can help you out. If you want to be baptized into Christ and start following Jesus, you can do that today. Whatever your needs, please come forward as we sing our invitation song.